welcome to episode 131 of the Mandarian Orange Show. I'm Phil Vecchio. And I'm Jardel Vecchio. And uh, recently you've been mistaken as Joe? No. Bob. Lynette. Lynette, no. Who does Rob. she think you are? She thinks you're Rob. Over the years, I've been many different people. But yes. I just went back and checked. So here's the story, guys. I Back in 2016, I randomly started receiving emails from somebody um, who, I don't know, thinks I'm a family member, telling me to bring, like, the Thanksgiving turkey... Um, give her money for vegetables. Um, I've gotten sent some personal stuff of theirs <laughs> that I probably shouldn't see. And I very politely always write back and say, I'm sorry, this is the wrong email. And they always write back and go, oh, I'm so sorry. I don't know how that happened. I'll remove you from my list. But then it, I keep getting an email. Like, it'll be a year, and then they'll e- email me back. Well... This week, it's a whole new level. Now they're text messaging my phone. (laughs) And it's because we have the same last name. That's the confusion. Yes. And your email is a very simple, it's our last name with a digit. Yeah. So it's a very simple email. It could easily be mistaken, but now they have my phone number. And it's the same people. Like, why? Because they don't live. They live somewhere else in the country. Like, why would they be texting a 626? But they've also, they've also like, texted you or messaged you, like, sensitive documents, retirement papers, tax papers. They once sent me their vacation home's pin and address and told me that I needed to take care of the paper goods. And the thing they texted today was that... Uh, Cindy's coming to drop off some, some vegetables veggies. and we need to give her a check for $23. <laughs> so Phil said I should like be like, oh man, um, I, could you, could you round down to 19? $23 seems a lot for vegetables. And then be like, hey, Cindy never showed up. Where's my broccoli? <laughs> because then she was like telling me to do a check on the sofa, check for scratches, check for marks. And you said, I should have said, it's wrecked and the cat peed all over it. <laughs> just, <laughs> if they're going to just keep fun. sending you stuff, you I need mean, to just have fun with like it. it is like worth having fun, but at this point it's just comical. Luke and Audrey think it's the most hilarious thing that's ever happened to us. Yeah. It, it's pretty great. <laughs> Whenever we hear a new message... <laughs> I go to Rob. Well, I just told you guys tonight she started text messaging me. I'm all, what? That's crazy. And it didn't say who it is, but you know how your phone suggests, like, oh, it could be this person? Well, her photo is linked to her profile, and it's the same person that's been emailing me because her photo is also on her email. Now, I said, I think this is really like a long con, and it's some dude in a basement in New Jersey who's created this whole, like, alternate family that's bumbling and keeps mistakenly sending you stuff so that eventually I'll they'll, like... I'll give them my credit card number. Yep. Yep. That's exactly <laughs> it. This is how it's all coming together. No, I think it's just an elderly person that is still learning how to use technology. <laughs> That seems more likely. Um, I don't think it's a long con. (laughs) 
All right. Well, let's jump into the news, shall we? Let's do it. So you guys can uh, rate and review us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, wherever you listen to your podcasts. Please help our podcast climb the charts so more people can reach us. You can also email us at mandarinorangeshow at gmail.com or you can message us on the Insta. Graham. No, just Insta. No, I was talking to my friend Graham. Oh. Graham. Well, tell her where else, where else they can get a hold of us. Oh, that's Phil. a good idea. We have a Facebook page, which is easy to find if you look for Mandarian Orange Show. And you should definitely join the group so that you can be involved in the community there. Also, definitely email us, mandarinorangeshow.gmail.com. Now, we got uh, one official submission Plus a couple of people audio who uh, audio told us who are like related to us, and so they already have the stuff. So <laughs> those are sort of like unofficial submissions. But we all, all extended a bit if someone else wants to submit. Uh, but the person who wrote in, which we'll read in a little bit, did officially win uh, a pack. So we'll we'll be sending Yay. that out to them. Um, but you can still write in because. You know, we're generous like that. And if you want to... so giving. If you really want to have it, we want you to have it. So, you know, little little extension. Till I say so. <laughs> and as far as our news, let's see. It's, it's not a whole lot has changed since last we spoke. I mean, more puzzle pieces have gone in. The kids are still working on the same puzzle. The Legos, we've done a little more Lego work, but it's been the slow going because we're all in school now. We work so hard, all of us. Well, you the most. <laughs> I try to be supportive. It's like never ending. No. Never ending. And and then like before I know it, it's five o'clock and I'm still working. I don't ever work till five o'clock when I'm no. a classroom teacher. And this is even with me helping you grade papers and stuff. <laughs> yes. Phil uh, graded my pa- well, papers. Quote in quotation unquote, marks. Computer programs. <laughs> um, mm. We did, however, well, we're about to soon celebrate Luke's birthday, but we had an early birthday celebration for him. We wanted to do like a surprise thing the weekend before his birthday. So yeah. tell us about that. So usually, you know, we go off on a birthday trip and we... Um, Birthday party. Do a birthday party, or they can invite a friend to, like, an amusement park, and we'll, you know, do that hubba-baloo. That's not really been an option this year. So, we decided to um, do, like, an experiential thing. So, Luke didn't know, but on Saturday morning, he woke up, and we got this gigantic inflatable gold throne. It's like a like recliner chair, but it's like it's a blow up. Yeah. And it's gold. And we decked it out with like Legend of Zelda blanket, a pillow, Legend of Zelda t shirt, a, a like a bunch of pillows, one well, shape, a sword like and a shield. shield. Yeah. And um we basically said he was King Luke for the day. He got to pick all the food we got him the snacks 
video games, of course. Video games, and then we set up like video game appointments um, with people throughout the day, so we could play video games online with them, and um, to like cap off the evening. Your family said hi, you know, from far away. <laughs> yeah, we did a, a distanced gathering. Yes. And um, that was really great. They came yeah. and we were going to play games and stuff, but we wound up just talking the we whole just time. just talking. Um, but, which was well, great. Well, your mom brought some more stuff down for Vintage Vecchio. Oh, yes. Like... So much. The stuff I have been going through that they brought a while ago took up the space of like a portfolio folder. Yeah, this, this is time like they brought a like a crate down. Tub. Like with every newspaper article you were ever in. We have like this ongoing thing where it's kind of joking, but not really, where whenever we visit each other, <laughs> we always see who can like pass off the most junk to the other, and we say whoever wins is the one that managed to give the well, most junk to the other people. They definitely won. They this won time. this, like, I a did manage to give a bag of clothing yeah. to her. But we're all such, like, pack rats that, like, it makes it feel better to get rid of something if you know it's going to someone. And that's kind so of... So why don't we just all tell each other, yes, I'll take it, and then put it in the trash That can. would be dishonest. Now, there is, I mean, depending on the thing, there's the understanding that you may or may not keep all of it, you know. Yeah. But you don't, like, take something and throw it away or sell it or something. That's cheating. Mm-hmm. It's dishonest. It is. If I give you a present, you're just going to throw it away when it's I'm not, not looking? It's not a present. It's old stuff <laughs> that's been in, like, an attic for years. And now it's been rescued to the real world. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so, yeah, it's a real fun circus to watch uh, go back and forth. <laughs> Um, Sometimes good stuff comes out of it, though. Mm-hmm. So, anyway. Um, but the point is, is Luke got to actually physically see um, some of our family on his birthday, even if it was from afar. Yeah. And it was really um, a meaningful time for all. And we realized we need to buy some outdoor lighting. Yeah. Because who knows how much longer we're going to have to meet outside. In the side of our house where it's comfortable to hang out, once it gets dark, there's no lights there. Yeah. So I found some. And you already have the um, the nails yeah. for it. That's so. the hardest part. There's already hooks to hang stuff on. So we'll just do that. <laughs> It'll be great. So a couple of other quick news things uh, before we move along. Um, this week I'm recording with my friend Keith and we're doing a return of Alex P. Keaton is my friend podcast. I've missed it so much. Those of you guys that follow my other show about, um, family ties, Alex P. Keaton is my friend, uh, will probably know that the last time we recorded was like right when like quarantine happened and you know, for obvious reasons that kind of put a damper on everything and then because we can't really record together Keith who's my co-host had to like buy some equipment so that we could record remotely because he wasn't really set up for that but he's got the stuff now and we're gonna get together um you know virtually that's so cool and record this week so sometime like probably about a week after you hear this episode there'll be a new episode Alex P. Keaton is my friend that's so exciting and speaking of recording with special people 
next episode, the next episode we have of this show, if all goes well, we'll have a very special guest in our fiction book section. Fiction books? That's right. We're going to have an author uh, come on and do a little interview with a cool author. So I don't think, should we reveal it now? Yeah, why not? All right, because he's already said he'd do it. He said he'd. It's already on. It's just a matter of actually doing the recording, so... Um, so a friend of the show, friend of past shows that I've done, actually, um, the author's name is James Riley. Uh, he's very, very cool. If you want to like kind of start checking out his stuff, um, you know, maybe read a book or something before we do the next one. If you haven't already, I've talked about his books on the show before, but he's done three series now. Uh, the first one was called Half Upon a Time and then the series following that. The second one was The Story Thieves, another fantastic series. And the one that he's currently on, he's got a new book that's coming out in in a month or so, or maybe just a couple weeks, um, is called The Revenge of Magic. And it helps to read the series in order. I'm just going to say there are, I don't want to spoil too much, but there may be connections Mm. between them. So um, I recommend reading them in that order. But anyway, he's a really cool author, and I talked to him um, a couple times on my old show, and so uh, he's going to come and join us for this. This is so exciting. It's going to be super cool. I am responsible for getting you into James Riley. I know. We'll and talk all about that. be on our show. It's very, very cool. It's going to be great. Um, and with that, I think it's time to move along to our next segment. Listener mail. What? You got mail. All right. Well, as I said before, we got one official entry into our contest, plus a full-on exercise message from our friend Ben Hunt of the Alan Smithy Film Review Podcast. So let's um, let's dive in. He's got a lot of good stuff to say here. I haven't read the whole thing. I have to be honest. I wanted to be fresh, but I did read the beginning of it. So <laughs> I read it all. Oh. All right, he starts with, Hello, friends. Just getting back from a few getaways with my wife and have been catching up with a double shot of TMOS. That's the Mandarin Orange Show. Fun updates from you both. And I once again have Sinmo on all things Vecchio. Nice. Sinmo. The joke that we came up with. That we definitely still remember what it stands for. Yeah, totally. Yep. I love our inside Sinmo joke. I know, it's so good. And... Because we're not old at all, we don't forget jokes that we made and then know exactly yeah. what they mean when we refer back to them. Yeah. It's so awesome. Isn't I'm it sure great? It's great it... to have such good memories. It's so funny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the best part, I'm just going to say it, because Janelle beforehand tried Googling it to see what it means. I'm like, we made it up. It's not on Google. <laughs> That maybe somebody put it there because we're think such so. trendsetters. It's not like a Wikipedia article yet or Urban Dictionary or it's something. It's definitely a Phil joke. I think no, you're always making abbreviations. And I abbreve like this. I don't make up little words. Acronyms. That's not my thing. It probably was a me joke. Mm-hmm. All right. Back to Ben. <laughs> Have some feedback for you on the last two episodes, and here we go. First of all, he says, Bill and Ted and Mulan have watched them both, but have slightly different opinions on them than you. This does not surprise me. Of course. Of course he has a different opinion. I mean, people are allowed to. (laughs) 
As much as I wanted to love Mulan, especially based on the amazing movie trailer for it, it just felt empty and uninspired to me. Mulan's character was more of a Mary Sue than Rey Skywalker, and it differed from the 1998 animated version in all the wrong ways, namely in terms of showcasing female empowerment. I won't go on other than to say that my full thoughts are voiced on my podcast channel, The Alan Smithy Film Review. Glad you guys enjoyed it, though. Again, Ben is entitled to his differing opinions. I enjoy his show very much, and I often disagree with him on it. Um... But I will just say, I think a part of it is that I don't have a particular fondness for the cartoon. Never enjoyed the cartoon. I wouldn't go so far as I didn't enjoy it, but I just... No, I actually didn't enjoy it. (laughs) I'm saying for me, I... Except for Mushu. It was just okay to me. It was never one that stood out. It wasn't like a bad one, like Home on the Range. But compared to things like Little Mermaid or Aladdin, like it just never... It it wasn't on my radar. I probably watched it once and forgot about it. I liked Mushu because that sounds like a word I would make up. And I actually call my children Mushus now. So I do have that term of endearment. But if I want Eddie Murphy to be a wacky cartoon character, I can just watch the Shrek movies and have more fun with it. Um, Anyway, I think that probably just changes how, you know, we approached it because we didn't have that fondness for it necessarily but to each his own as they say well and then we started watching cobra kai right after and that's related because martial arts martial arts oh, okay <laughs> all right um he said glad you guys enjoyed that for bill and ted it was fun and light and a good dose of positivity something we can all use right now moments of sweetness and laugh out loud moments though it felt quite rushed at times and some of the jokes were just awkward i know they couldn't recreate the magic of the first one or even some of the gems of its bogus sequel hashtag station Uh, But I just couldn't rate it above average. It's fun, but I didn't feel the need to watch it more than once. But again, glad you guys enjoyed it. Well, we have watched it more than once. (laughs) I enjoyed it a great deal. I I would not say it's it's not going to take the place of the original or even Bogus Journey for me. Like, I'm not saying where I would put it in the ranking necessarily. But to me, it just delivered everything I would want in a sequel that came like 30 years after the original, you know. And I guess that's all I could ask of it. I knew it wasn't going to be... Like they made it in 1993, you know. Well, it was my favorite one. Oh, see, I wouldn't say that. <laughs> Not because I didn't like it. It's just the original one is like an iconic all-time top ten movie for me. So, that's, you know, that's well, not going to happen. Well, it wasn't for me. I wasn't allowed to go see it, so. You had the weirdest restrictions. <laughs> so inconsistent. Some of the stuff you saw, I was like, dang, I wasn't allowed to see that. And the other stuff, you're like, oh, I couldn't see Bill and Ted. I'm like, what? Yeah. It's weird. I loved it, though. Absolutely loved it. Like I said, we've already watched it twice. We'll definitely be watching it again. Uh, then he said, thanks for the podcast plug, by the way, as well. I think we've got a couple more in here in this one, so there you go. Okay, so he says, so top five canned beverages. Love that you guys made mentions of the old classics, like Verner's and Kern's. For me, my top five canned beverages would include Vanilla Coke Zero, Zevia Cream Soda. Google it. Good stuff. I've never heard of that one. Lipton Brisk Lemon Iced Tea. I do love, like, a good canned a good, iced tea. A good canned lip. Like a sweetened. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mr. Pibb. Love Mr. Pibb. And A&W Root Beer. Oh, I do love A&W. Yeah, like, especially on tap. Well, yeah. See, that, to me, that's, that's the ultimate. Can, it's not huh? a can, no. So. 
But in the restaurant? Mm. I mean, it is kind of in a can because don't they have it in like a big metal canister? Well, it's like pressurized, though. That's different. <laughs> Um, then he said, sorry, Janelle, just can't get on the Diet Coke bandwagon. The taste just doesn't do it for me. Boo! <laughs> Here's a fun challenge back to you both. Without Googling it, how many Coca-Cola product slogans can you name from the past 40 years? I read this, and I was like, I can't even think of one. All I, the first thing that comes to mind is, I'm loving it, but I think that's McDonald's. <laughs> The first thing that came to mind to me was break me off a piece of that Kit Kat bar. So the weird thing is that in society today, like, we don't see ads the way we used to. Mm -hmm. Like, when we do have to watch, like, live TV and we see commercials, it's, like, crazy. Like, our friend Corey was on uh, Wheel of Fortune, like we mentioned, and we watched it live. And, like, it's interrupted constantly by commercials. Yeah. That's how life used to be. Yeah. So it, like, really imprints on your brain. The kids were like, again? Yeah, so many commercials. <laughs> so, like, I don't, can't believe how many. But. Okay, for real, though. Okay. Coke slogan. Coca-Cola Fresh Taste. I think, no, okay, there's always Coca-Cola. Always Coca-Cola. And then there's Diet Coke. Yeah. Just for the taste of it. Diet Coke. And there's the one that Britta from Community does where she's like, I just want a Coke, so I'm going to have a Coke. Oh, yeah, with you all want the a different... Coke? Do they do those flavored Diet Cokes anymore? I don't see them very often. Oh, we should get those. I like those. I don't... Britta said they're good. Just like the blueberry one. If you want one, just get one. The fiery cherry or whatever. Gives me heartburn. Cherry, the heartburn one. <laughs> I don't know. Can you think of another? And then there's like the Coke versus Pepsi ones. Like they were like fighting, but I don't remember. Wasn't there one where Ray Charles sang it? I thought that's just no. That's uh, always Coca Cola. Coca Cola. The and there's the polar bears with the penguins. Yeah, but that's not a slogan. <laughs> Taste of a New Generation. That's Pepsi, though. Choice of a New Generation. Michael Jackson was... Was he for Pepsi? Pepsi. Gosh. Crystal Pepsi. Crystal Pepsi. I loved Crystal Pepsi. I think I loved it, except that it was just more novelty than anything, but yeah. it was a fun novelty. But it did taste like Pepsi. Yeah. But it was clear. It's weird. All right. All right. I think that's as good as we got. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry to let you down. That's not, that's not very uh, very many... On to your most recent podcast, he says. And to your to enter your exciting contest, here are my top five favorite game shows. The Price is Right. Yes. Jeopardy. Beat the Geeks. That was one of the ones I applied for. I never made it past like sending in like the online phone. It was though. so fun, though. It was a fun watch. He says, I always owned the movie category. I would bet. Yeah, I'm I could, sure. I could see that. I'm surprised you weren't on it, Ben. Uh, rock and Roll Jeopardy. Oh, so a separate... Jeopardy one. He said this was... I really missed this one. Hosted by Jeff Probst. Isn't he the guy that does uh, Survivor? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and finally, win Ben Stein's money. That was fun. I remember that one. Yeah, it was pretty funny. To me, Stein is a bit of a national treasure. Bueller. Bueller. <laughs> I actually ran into him once outside the Pentagon in Washington, D.C. about 12 years ago when I was stationed in D.C. back in my Navy days. I heard his voice... Before I saw him, and it was unmistakably him. His show only ran for about six seasons and was very low budget, but that only added to the charm. Now, I remember having a lot of fun with that. It was Comedy Central, I think, right? Yeah, I believe so. I think so. But I have, a, I have a, something to say. Okay. First of all, did he 
like sound like he did did in like normal everyday life or did he have like a different cadence that's what i want to know and then second of all i co-teach with my friend trisha and we're in class and she asks a question and like nobody answers and trisha goes bueller bueller (laughs) like oh my gosh like none of these kids know what you're talking about and she's all i know but it's still funny right (laughs) that's awesome so she did that joke just the other day in our 42 44 kid class so, do you remember he did, like, that documentary, too, that we watched? Like, we went and saw a screening of it. Oh, yeah. I can't remember what it was now, but he did, like, it was like a... Creation movie, I thought. Yeah, it was, like, intelligent design or something like yeah. that. Yeah. It was interesting. I, it was really good. We went and saw, like, a... Because it wasn't, like, widely released, but we actually went and saw a screening of no, it. No, I remember, I remember enjoying it. Interesting. I can't. I can't even remember what it's called. But anyway, Ben Stein. That's cool. All right. Then he says, um, "Moving on to CPC. So glad you finally watched Cobra Kai and agree. It's totally amazing." Cobra the, Kai. We did finish the two seasons, so we're ready for yeah, season we're ready. three. And my dad is a really into Cobra Kai. I found out this. Yeah, week. that's right. <laughs> They could have so easily just produced it using fan service plot points and references, but instead brought in talented writers who got it right got right to the core of the story of humanity and grace between the characters. Just like the original film, which to me is perfect on its own, it challenges the viewer to consider both sides of the coin. Miyagi versus Cobra Kai. On the first pass, the film appears to paint clear sides of heroes versus villains. But character arcs and subtle writing points challenge the viewer to look beyond that and study the true motivations and actions of both Daniel and Johnny. Cobra Kai, the show, respects this angle and as a result makes for much more interesting television. It's unpredictable, well-acted, super funny in parts, and does not pull punches. No pun intended. <laughs> no, I totally agree. Like it's, it's so much better than it had to be. Um, I really, really enjoy it. It's... I thought it was 90210 with uh, Karate, so... Um, Whatever keeps you watching, I'm fine with that. I was totally... You like the teen drama angle? Oh, yeah. I am a sucker for teen drama. And then you have the, like, amazing fight scenes on top of it. I was just like, yes. Yeah. It's really, really well done. I love it. He says, I watched both seasons on YouTube Premium over the last few years and have been eagerly awaiting season three. Without spoiling anything, are you excited for the potential return of another key character from the original? Yes. Yes. I know who you're talking about, and we're so excited. I'm also going to go on record and say that I super hope that we get to see Hillary Swank. And I think, <laughs> no, I'm serious. I th- think of how much they've done with like crazy angles on the There's original no series. There's no way Hillary Swank no, is coming is. on this Cobra is, Kai. It's highly, it's a respected show now. And it would be so cool for him to see like and explore the whole thing of like, why was Mr. Miyagi not training him anymore? And he went off and trained this other girl and there could be this jealousy between them. And I'm telling you. <laughs> No, there's some real cool angles there for storylines. And, and as we said when we rewatched recently, the next Karate Kid holds up better than one might think. I dismissed it when it came out. I thought it was dumb. It didn't have Danielson. But it, I think it's actually, in some ways, a better movie than Karate Kid Part 3. 
Wow. We said this before. You agreed with it when we saw that. I just think it's funny that you think an Oscar-winning actress is going to make an appearance on Cobra Kai. What has she been doing lately? She's <laughs> And Cobra Kai is like a respected show. It's like one of the highest viewed shows on Netflix right now. Like, it's not a nothing. It's not Tiger King, okay? <laughs> Mark my words. It would be an amazing story, and I think she could come in. All she had to do is like one episode. It wouldn't have to be a ongoing thing you know come in there punch some dudes talk to daniel he'd be jealous and she'd help him to learn a lesson or something and and they'll remember mr miyagi together yeah all right all right like how great would it be maybe like one of johnny's like online dates or something i don't know maybe it could be fun it could be fun i'm telling you all right Back to Ben, just at the end here. Three more quick things. Number one, did you get my copy of Unwigged and Unplugged, and have you watched it? Yes, and yes, and we're not going to talk about it on this episode because we've got a lot of other stuff to do, um, so we're going to do a movie segment next time, but yes, and we'll talk about that. Two, I should have no problem sourcing that Parks and Rec quarantine special episode for you. Stand by for that. And Yay! Thank you for helping us um, to figure that situation I've, out. I've felt incomplete. <laughs> And three, Janelle, any luck finding your Biola quote book yet? Phil, any updates? Um, that's still in process. If you guys understood how many boxes and things to look through, it's who knows. <laughs> it's in, gone forever. It's somewhere. You, it's so great. Like because we have so much stuff, though. Like you never know what you're going to come across when you're looking through things. So it's it's like a bonus, you know. You never know. All right, and he says, all for now, keep on casting those pods, building puzzles, and wearing masks outside. P.S., my guess for which TV show you and your family will be on is Penn & Teller Fool Us. I love that show. Such a good show. Is it still on? I I feel like maybe it got revived at some point, but I don't know. Now I'm going to have to look and see. Hmm. Um, Oh, which might give away that... That's not the show that we're on. Uh, I mean, maybe we're faking. No, you we out. did say if they guessed that we would tell them we're not on. We're not on that show. No, but it's a good guess, and it's a show I greatly enjoy. And finally, PPS in reference to Phil's quote from Speed in the earlier episode when discussing Keanu Reeves' role. The line is actually "shoot the hostage, not shoot the victim." <laughs> Phil got it. I quote did. Wrong. You were close and quick thinking on that reference. Thank you. Yes, I I did misquote it. Uh, the sentiment is still there that I have a hard time taking Keanu seriously because in my brain he's always going to be Ted. So, but I still, I mean, I love him. He's iconic. But shoot the hostage. It's... I saw Speed before I saw Bill and Ted. Really? Yeah. I didn't. I was allowed to see Speed. See, that's bizarre to me. <laughs> like a guy gets his head whacked off on a train. That, in that was movie. jolting. Yeah. Um, but good old Sandy B. Sandy, did you watch Speed 2 Cruise Control? Yeah, very <laughs> disappointing. Speed on a boat, if I remember correctly? Yeah, I love Speed. I think I saw that movie like five times in the theaters. So I didn't see it in the theater once again, but I do remember going over to my friend Nathan's house and renting it, and I think we watched it like three times on a weekend. Yeah, you know? it's a... When you're, I, I don't know, were we in junior high? Early no, it would school? have been like early high school. You know, that we were just starting to like get to go to the movies by ourselves with our friends. And 
Well, you were. <laughs> some of us. <laughs> some of us were. All right. Well, thank you so much for writing in, Ben. And um, if you uh, send us your mailing address, we'll send you out your prize package. Don't forget, we uh, are keeping it open there. If we get any other submissions, we may be giving out some more. Uh, you can write us at mandarinorangeshow at gmail.com. Um, my parents and, uh, you know, they also submitted one. My mom and my dad both. And they already have all the stuff. So, you know, congratulations, you congratulations. guys. Congratulations. You're related to us, so you already have stickers and CDs <laughs> from us. So, um, But other than that, if you guys want to write us, mandarinorangeshow at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you guys. And that's that. Okay, on to our next segment, which is Top 5. Every time a bell rings, we give our Top 5. All right, I'm going to start this week. Did you come up with this one? You did. Well, you said it, though. You suggested that we but do But I it. re-suggested Okay, it. so it's your turn. Okay. okay, so first of all, I have to tell you my nostalgia for these cereals. You didn't say what the category was. Oh. Well, let me start with that. It's top five breakfast cereals. All right. So I've got to tell you my nostalgia for cereal. Um... Cereal was not a staple in my household growing up. If we did, it was like health food cereal, like cashew or grape nuts, um, plain cornflakes, plain Cheerios, or plain Rice Krispies. Those were like, if we did, did get those, that was like, wow. Were you allowed to add sugar to those? No, we were not. Because, see, that's the same cereals that I most often had at home, except we also had a giant thing of sugar that you were allowed to add yeah, to Yeah, like it. the tub of sugar. Which I definitely had more sugar in my cereals that were not, like, super sweet than is in just a regular bowl of, like, Lucky Charms or whatever. Right. We didn't we put- have those. They, we never had them in our house. So, on Tuesday nights, or we would go over to my sister's grandma, who is just my grandma, too. Grandma Donna... Um, granddad Chuck and they had a cabinet under the oven (laughs) full of junk food cereal and she kept it so stocked so that is where my love of breakfast cereal came I would like dream on Monday nights about what cereal I was gonna get (laughs) to go and pick and she never let you down it was always just a soiree of cereal so my ultimate favorite number one cereal right nothing can beat it out is fruity pebbles Ooh, okay i love how they get like a little soggy and like the colors melt together and it's just a burst of flavor love it i like fruity pebbles but it's not compatible with other cereals because one of the things I like to do is, like, you eat a cereal and then you use that sweet milk to put a different cereal in. No. But you can't, like, cross-pollinate with Fruity Pebbles. It's, it's got a very unique unless taste. You, unless it's another fruity cereal. Kind of. But it's, it doesn't taste like Fruit Loops no, or anything. It's not the same as if you mix, like, two, like, you know. Well, I also hate milk. Like, I don't like it. So. Yeah, you're weird like that. I put very little milk in. I just do it to, like, it's just like it. It's really more, like, damp. Yeah, when you have your I'm not cereal. a milk person. Um, I also love Frosted Flakes. 
good old classic. Okay. Reminds me of camping. Um, Lucky Charms. I didn't used to like Lucky Charms because I just wanted it to all be marshmallows. Yeah, those but are the I've best part. I've really, like, over the years, come to love Lucky Charms. Um, Golden Grams, another one. Didn't mm. love it when I was a kid. <laughs> but I do enjoy it now. And then another one of my ultimate favorites, but I can't have it anymore because it scratches the roof of my mouth and leaves like sores on it, (laughs) is Captain Crunch with berries. You got to let that soak for a little bit first. But see, I don't like a lot of milk, so it just scratches up my mouth and my mouth is just too sensitive for it now. See, for me, when I'm preparing a cereal, I like to pour the cereal in. Always pour cereal, not first, not the milk first. That's weird. That is weird. Cereal first, then you pour the milk over it. And then for me, I like set it aside, you know, do some other stuff for a little bit. Come back in five minutes so that the cereal's properly absorbed the milk. Oh, it needs to be crunchy. No, see, you know they say stays crunchy even in milk? That's not an advantage to me. I like it when it's soggy at best. That's the best. That's so gross. I mean, not like so soggy that it's breaking apart. You got to get that sweet spot in the middle, because you want the cereal to absorb all the milk. No. Yeah. It's not. Yeah, what and then you don't have your, you don't have the roof of your mouth all scratched up with your I, hard cereals. It's worth the sores and the scrapes. Okay. <laughs> you make it sound I so appealing. It. I just, I love junk food cereal. Like, don't even get me a brand or. No, thank you. I'd rather have something else for breakfast. I agree. Well, and again, like I said, when you do have those, you know, like less sweetened ones, like for instance, your your uh, Rice Krispies, those have a lot of sugar anyway, but they don't taste very sweet. And then I would take those and then just dump sugar on it so there was like a sugar sludge at the bottom. Oh, I did love sugar sludge. I mean, that's fantastic, now, but I don't think that's any better that for you. That wasn't at my house but at grandma donna's house she had the tub of sugar in the middle of the table oh yeah now we wouldn't really put that on our sweetened cereal but if we were gonna no, have a rice no. crispy or a cheerio um yeah you don't need to add it put that in you don't need to add it to like lucky charms or anything like if it's like no. super sweetened it's fine but any of your more plainish Cheerios. Okay, let's talk about something else that children of today don't get to experience. Okay. Is the toy in the cereal box. Did every, our kids, we've gotten a couple since we've had kids, right. but not much. You always wanted to be the first one to crack open that seal because you could get the toy. Yeah, but you weren't supposed to like dig no, your hand no, into the but bottom. But at grandma's house, she just let us let pour it out till we oh, got see, one. See, that was a no-no. It's grandma's. That's why in UHF when Stanley Spadowski, like well, free toy inside, free toy inside. And then he's like, don't tell your parents that you do this. And he like goes all the way to the bottom Ew. of the cereal and pulls it out. I'm pretty sure um, my grandma like had stockpiles of cereal so that me and my sister could both get a prize. That, that makes every sense. time you want she that prize. Us, and she just let us dump it all out into a bowl. Not touch it, but dump it out, carefully pick out the prize and pour it back in. No, that's just that would never fly. And then she had one for her other grandchildren too. And so. what you do is then you pour it out and then whoever's bowl it falls into when you pour it out 
That's the person who gets no, the No, we all won, okay? That's why you never pour the milk in first because you got to be pouring that cereal into a dry bowl well, I agree in case the prize falls out into it. That's you. where the rule comes from. Wholeheartedly. So. All right, give us your. All right, I'll go through five. mine quickly here. Um, number one, life cereal. I love life cereal. You do love life. I do. I love life, but I also love life cereal. Mikey. I don't know. It's just I, it's just the right blend of sweet. And it like absorbs like that's one that I love letting it absorb the milk because then it like puffs up. Oh, it's so good. So gross. Now I put Lucky Charms on here, and I love Lucky Charms. I like to eat like I separate them out sometimes, you know, where like the you have like the little non-sugary bits and then the marshmallows, and just eat them. They're covered in sugar still. The less sugary bits, <laughs> and then you eat those, and then you've just got a bowl of marshmallows. I love any cereal that has marshmallows, but Lucky Charms. Actually, just recently, the kids got, you got them like a bunch of different ones. Yeah, they had a bunch of special editions. One of them was like a Frosted Flakes with marshmallows. Yes. Lucky Charms. And that's like, that looked really that's good. my favorite cereal I've ever had of Lucky Charms. Like, it was fantastic. Lucky Charms with Frosted Flakes. It's a special edition. You should write them. Uh, right? It was fantastic. I also put Golden Grahams on here. I mean, that's just a staple. It was always a good day at Biola in the cafeteria mm-hmm. when they had Golden Grahams. And they had them pretty frequently, but not all the time. Yeah. And this is probably where, like, my weight gain turned. Because I was, like, in good shape coming into Biola. But by the end, like, every meal I had a bowl of cereal just as a starter with Golden Grahams and then whatever else the rest of the meal was. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't the only one that did that. Oh yeah, you don't just go to get a bowl of cereal. No, you get a bowl of cereal. That's your. That's like the appetizer. Mm-hmm. Um. Anyway, I put Captain Crunch on there. Definitely, like the berries type are my uh, my preferred ones. I like any Captain Crunch, but the ones with berries are you know the yeah. best. And then I put Special K Berry, the ones with like the red. Yeah. They call red berry. That's what they call it with strawberries, dried strawberries yeah. in it. Mm, those are good. Those are good. I've always liked those weird, like the Kellogg Special K or Product Nineteen. Yes. Those types of things. My my nana, my great grandma, she loved those, and that's what she would always have at her house. This is before the like I, when the red berry came out. I remember it was a big deal. Right. Because like Special K was just we just had plain Special K, and of course she put sugar on it too. You know. <laughs> Anyway, okay, now I, these are not these are not runner ups, but I just wanted you to help me remember what's the name of those brand O's that I like. Um, it's like a Quaker thing. It's the Quaker brand of raisin bran. No, <gasps> that should be on here. That's oh, what would that bump the Quaker out? raisin bran might bump out probably Special K Berry, although I still have the emotional attachment to it. Yeah. Quaker Raisin Bran, that is the best. Well, now you got to talk about all of them. Well, no, so. the only other thing I was going to say is Grape Nuts, because you mentioned it. It doesn't necessarily fall on my list, but those are the ultimate ones where, like, I would put the bowl in, you'd soak it, and you have to let ra- Grape Nuts soak for a long time, because those are like little, like, rock Grape pellets. Nuts are like eating a thing of thorns. But if you soak it long enough, it gets soft, and then you would, like, put... It's like a one-to-one thorns. ratio of sugar to Grape Nuts. Like, if you put a cup of sugar, a cup of Grape Nuts, you would put, like, a cup of sugar in. Actually, a cup's a lot. You would do, like, a half a cup of Grape Nuts, half a cup of sugar, and then you let that sit in the bowl for oh. 20 minutes, and then... You take a bite and then you like, and like you can suck the sugar milk out of it and then you like just chew and it's still a little chewy. How do the grape nuts 
thorns not choke you. You you gotta like keep them in your tongue so you can like suck the sugar milk Ew, out of it. Oh, you're so gross. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's it's not my favorite cereal, but it is one of my favorite cereal experiences. And that's one of the few cereals we had around, so we had to make it palatable, and that's how you we had to do it. We did have a lot of grape nuts yeah. in our household too. You can't just sit and eat a bowl of grape nuts. You would chip your teeth. Yeah. Part of it was my mom had a daycare in her home for most of my childhood. Yeah. And you were not allowed to get, like, junk food cereal. Um, because, like, you're on a health thing. You have to, like, show what you're feeding everybody and stuff. So we just didn't have it in our house, too. So it wasn't like, oh, we we never, like, had junk food. My mom got us junk food, you know, on special occasions. But she did have to run a healthy yeah. ship. Sure, sure. My parents <laughs> went in all kinds of, like, phases where sometimes we have junk food and other times we didn't. And yeah. that's a story for a whole nother time. But we sometimes <laughs> had it, but we always got good junk food at Grandma and Grandpa's house, you know. Yeah. So that's Grandma kind of the Donna's. standard, right? Yeah. That's where you get spoiled. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, we are going to cover another subject here. Let's talk fiction books. You like fiction books? Fiction books is one of my favorite kinds of books. Do you like fiction? Like it. I try to love it. That's crazy. I've never met anyone else who likes fiction. I'm reading a fiction book right now. Tell us about the fiction book you're reading. So I'm reading a book called Eligible, and it's a novel by Curtis Sittenfeld, who is a woman. And that, wasn't she on The Bachelor or something? No. Okay, I got this book for you, like, off your wish list, but I don't remember, okay. like, what the story is so behind it. so it is a modern retelling of Pride and Prejudice, mm. one of the best books in the entire world. Yes. And, um... The premise is uh, Mr. Darcy's character was on um, a show called Eligible, which is a The Bachelor. Like The Bachelor, basically. yeah, okay. And it said when uh, women, like, instead of, like, will you accept this rose, if he kissed him on the lips, they got to stay. But if he kissed him on the cheek, they had to, to leave. That seems inappropriate. <laughs> And um, the Liz character is um, a writer for a magazine called Mascara. And her dad, if you remember, is like crotchety yeah, in, yeah. The, in the novel. And her dad like calls it lipstick or eyeshadow or whatever. He can't ever remember the name <laughs> of the magazine she works for. So it, it definitely has beats of Pride and Pet Prejudice. I'm only like a little bit in, but it's fun. It's, Fun. I don't read a lot of fiction, so I figured I would share. I'm also reading Charlotte's Web. Again, it's that time of year. <laughs> it's the Charlotte's Web. That's a great book, though. It's so good. Well, um, we, as you know, the kids read um, with Grandpa every, mostly every day, a little bit less during the school year now, but they all get together online and do like a thing with cousin and grandpa and everything. So they read. Um, uh, was they're they're reading the Wizard of Oz of them. They're also reading James Riley books. They read um, Narnia before that, so they've been doing a lot of good reading. And so it's cool because I Hobbit. get to like oh, and The Hobbit before that. I get to like sit and I'll sit and listen to them read. So it's like I'm getting an audio book, you know, each yeah. day. Um, but I have been reading Prudane books with the kids. Um, that's the Black Cauldron, Book of Three, those ones, and um, we're on the final book now. On uh, the High King, 
I'm reading a book with them, too, called The Wild Robot. Yeah. We're about halfway through that. It's really good, too. You hadn't read that before, right? Mm-mm. Yeah. Um, a funny thing about The High King, though. So, it's The High King. So, I told Luke and Audrey, like, oh, do you guys want to do The High King? And Luke kept thinking that I was talking about hiking. Hiking. And he thought I was just saying it weird. So, he was, like, getting his shoes on. I'm like, what are you doing? He's like, <laughs> you said you want to go hiking. And I was like... Oh, the hiking. Oh, like, he was oh. so excited. Probably. So we sweet. get to go hiking? <laughs> it's so sweet. I know. But that was not what we were doing at that time. So, anyway, just thought that was funny. Um, and finally, I just uh, read another book, an Agatha Christie book called uh, Crooked House. And I like Agatha Christie. She's, I mean, she wrote a ton of stuff. I've read many books of hers, but probably a lot that I haven't read because she read wrote a lot. Um, but I hadn't read this one before, and what's fascinating about it, it's called Crooked House, it is, at least up until about two-thirds of the way through the book, it's the exact setup of Knives Out, that recent one by... You were telling me Yeah, yeah, it's with uh, Daniel Craig and, you know, ensemble cast, Um, and I think it was uh, Ryan, what's his name, that directed the Star Wars movie? Can't think of his name now. Ben's probably screaming out loud as he's listening to this right now. That Ryan guy. Yeah, uh, I'll think of it in a second. But anyway, he directed it, and it's a great movie. I absolutely loved it. And it's nearly identical to this one up to a point. Because you were in the middle of it. You weren't sure. Yeah, it's... No, I finished it off now. And it, it does go a different direction in its resolution, I will say, without spoiling too much. But... It is nearly identical, and I wonder, I haven't gotten to look into it much, was he inspired by it? Does he admit to being inspired by it? Um, you know, was it, did they get permission to adapt it? I guess maybe it's in public domain, I don't know. I gotta look into that a little bit more, but super fascinating. It's a quick read if you're interested to check it out, because it's like almost identical the way that it is set up. Like, almost entirely identical. It's amazing. It's crazy. It's amazing. We thought that was so... Knives Out was so original. Well, it w- very much was in the way that it was presented. And again, they, they it goes in a different direction, but it, it was it very much wore its inspiration on its sleeve. You know, I mean, it's... I think he was very much upfront that it was about, you know, it's a classic whodunit style, you know. Yeah. And to be fair, again, Agatha Christie wrote a million of those and tons of other people did too. So it would be hard not to retread some. But this one is a little more than just coincidence. Like, even the means of how, like, the murder takes place is the same. Or mostly the same. That's crazy. Yeah, so... All right. Well, I won't tell you about the nonfiction books I read. That's right. You're not even allowed to say nonfiction um, in the section. I, you know, didn't just read a book called Sister Wives. No. The Polygamous Family on TLC. You're not allowed to. And I also did not read a book about The Secrets of Walt Disney World Part 1. Breaking the rules. And I definitely... Uh, do have part two as well. Breaking and the rules. I definitely did not read Amy Poehler's book. Oh. Um, about what she did. Whatever you talked about nonfiction on here before. It was so an accident. I get to do it. All right, moving on to vintage Vecchios. 
So if you guys remember last week, um, we talked about my journal from school where I wrote back and forth to my teacher. And last week's episode, we talked about how I read, wrote about Ghostbusters a bunch. And uh, this one, I've got just a brief entry here I'm going to read. A lot of times that she's asking me, my teacher is asking me what I did for the weekend. And I'm writing about what I did. Uh, so she said, uh, what are you going to do this Saturday? And I said, on Saturday, we were going to go to a lot of places, but they were all closed except for the video rental place. This is another one where I wrote a big chunk here. <laughs> I also spelled rental R-E-N-T-L-E. I know. This is third grade. What's wrong with you? We went to the video rental place and we rented four movies. This is, this is fantastic. Here's what we rented. One that my brother got was called Halloween is Grinch Night. All right, so that's the one my little brother would have been. I was in third grade, so he would have been, like, kindergarten at that time. Okay. Wait, David? David, yeah. Okay. Matthew was not born yet at this point. Um, The one I got was called Labyrinth. It was my favorite. Um, Oh, yeah, it was was my favorite. That's fantastic. This is when I watched it. It's still writing in cursive in third grade. Yeah, it's hard to read. That's why I'm stumbling over it. You can't even write as printing as a 42-year-old? Yes, almost. Wait, you're not 42 yet? You're 42. Oh, that's right. Yeah, remember I married an older woman? I'm not where I'm older. <laughs> uh, let's see. So I said Labyrinth was my favorite, which is fantastic. That was when I watched it. We didn't see it in theater, you know. The one my mom got was The Mission, and I didn't like it. <laughs> or the one that dad got, which was called Nothing in Common. So... I saw the mission in the theater too. You saw everything in the theater with my mom, and I really liked it as a third grader. Well, as a third grader, I wanted to watch Ghostbusters and Labyrinth. I think we were on a different wavelength. I wasn't allowed to watch Ghostbusters. Well, exactly. Or Labyrinth. I've seen the mission now as an adult. Like it was, it was, it was fine. It was, it was very, a little like depressing, if I remember. It's depressing, but it's a very good like historical. I like nonfiction. Well, I liked. <laughs> You know, <laughs> dancing puppets and... I was and wise beyond my years. I like the bog of eternal stench, let's be real. But one had, you know, flatulence humor and the other one did not. So. Well, the the cinematography in the mission is beautiful. And the soundtrack is, like, burned in my mind. Like, it's the most beautiful soundtrack. Labyrinth had farts. <laughs> There's no comparison when you're in third grade. It just doesn't even compute. All right. All right, um, it says, I also dug up the garden with my dad. The reason why is because we have a gopher, and we put chicken wire down in the ground. I'm still battling gophers to this After day, you guys. Just today I put gopher traps out because they're still trying to get my they're trees. trying to kill our apricot tree. But we saved all the flowers that the gopher hadn't eaten and replanted them in the ground when we were done filling the garden in. Then I said, um... Oh, she asked me if we found any bones while we were digging. I said, we did find some interesting things. We found two crickets, a potato bug, a few plantics. I don't know what that says. What does that say? Planiates? I don't know. Five worms and a lot of gopher holes and quite a few roots from the flowers that the gopher ate. My mom and dad are real mad because the way we got the gopher is there was an old lady that lived next to us on the side of the garden. 
that the garden Blame is. On the poor old lady. And in her will, now listen to this. In her will, she left the house to her two sons. Of course, she died soon after we moved in because she was very old and sick. This would be fine, but her two boys, who are grown up, never take care of the garden more than once a year. And since there were a lot of flowers and other plants, there were a lot of gophers there. What? While we had moved down the hill for a year. Now that would be fine, but when they ran out of flowers and all the other plants in their yard, they came to our garden and ate most of our plants and flowers. We didn't find out till we decided we didn't want to live with my grandma down the hill anymore, so we moved back up last oh, summer. There you're dirty, long. And we got up here, all our bulbs were gone except our iris. Okay, first of all... That is quite a rant. You totally, like, overheard your parents talking... Yep. ...about the neighbors... Yep. ...and how they just have left everything go down the hill, and then you're writing about it to your teacher. Isn't that what like, kids do, though? how mortifying. I think it's fantastic, but that's... I just decided to spill it all out. And then you talk about how you don't want to live with your grandma anymore? <laughs> Well, so what had happened is we we moved out. My parents rented our house for a year. And we actually moved in with my grandparents for a year while my dad worked at a private school. And I don't think it was as simple as we don't want to live with my grandma anymore. I'm pretty sure it was more, you know, like my dad <laughs> had just gotten a teaching credential and he wanted to work at a public school so he could get paid a decent amount. As you know, public that. versus private schools. Um, but, you know. To yeah. my mind, it was, oh, I guess we don't want to live with Grandma anymore. I remember back when I was subbing, and the Christian schools paid $60 a day, and the public $60 schools, a day? Um, the public yeah, schools that's paid like, $125. It's, like, ridiculous. Oh, here, and I even addressed my, public, my private school. I'll read this last bit, and then we'll leave it there. She said, why didn't you like your private school? And I said, well, there were three main reasons. One was they had a septic tank instead of a sewer. <laughs> and it was right under the playground. Ew. And it smelled real bad. <laughs> it's so gross. Oh, my it's gosh. so something you would be obsessed yep. with as a child. Two is they had only ten minutes of recess a day. Three is they went. They were very strict. You couldn't even hold hands on the playground. For example, <laughs> <laughs> who are you trying to hold I don't hands know. with in second grade? For example, once it was raining and we had PE inside. I was walking to go sit down, and two people were walking down the aisle, and I was trying to get past. And the PE teacher called the two people that were holding hands and another person who was doing the same thing I was and me to the front of the room. She said, what rule did you break today? <laughs> and that's why. <laughs> that's what you didn't want to write anymore. Oh, no, I did. I said, then she, she, regre- uh, she responded. And then I said, there was one more thing I didn't like. We were assigned a partner. If he had to go to the bathroom, you didn't have a choice. You have to go with him. <laughs> Once we had a time test and he had to go to the bathroom, and since I had to go with him, I got a D. <laughs> what? That does sound like a miserable school. I, I didn't enjoy it. They were very strict at it, but I just think that third grade me writing about it is extremely entertaining. So I went to a private summer school. 
once, and it was, um, I don't know, Coast Christian Schools, it's out in the South Bay, but I went to summer school, and I forgot my permission slip for the field trip, so I think I just signed it, which I know is really bad, and it's forging and stuff. But I knew my mom, like, wouldn't care. She would, like, let me go on the field trip. And they said they were going to whip me. Like, it was back when, like, you... Corporal punishment? Corporal punishment. And then my mom's like, no, like, she's right. I would have signed the permission slip. Please don't whip my kid. <laughs> And then I was like, I am never going back again. Like, after they said they were going to whip me, I was like, no, thank you. That's not, though, it's weird because, like, in my first grade class, which was public school still, they still had optional corporal punishment. And my parents, like, opted out that I wouldn't. But I remember the, the vice principal had a paddle and, like, kids that were bad that their parents let them would, like, go get spanked if they got in trouble. That's just so crazy to me. I was just like, "What? What do you mean?" Well, you said that you you said that, um, or you signed the permission slip. I'm like, my mom would have let me. I don't. I just was like, I couldn't. It was horrible, and I never went back. Now I did have a teacher that used to slam her hand on my hand when I'd get an answer wrong. Oh my god! That was. I mean, Can you I imagine, imagine now. She would like, found, she would like pound her fist on the back of my hand, and I remember thinking like, that really hurts. I wish she would stop doing that. But it's crazy. Like, like you would not get away with that. No, now. and and they shouldn't have. That's no. so wrong. Now at least like in my school, it, I mean, not that it was good, but it was like, you know, parents gave permission for it. But how crazy is that? Can I know. You imagine, like, I would never let. Anybody touch my kid. It's just crazy that within our lifetime that that was commonplace. Like a memory. Like it's not even like young lifetime. And you think back like that was happening in the Anne of Green Gables books. Oh, yeah. And here we are like, you know, in our lifetime they're still doing it. Yeah. So anyways, yeah. Don't let your school beat your kids. That's the lesson that's here. That's the lesson to be learned. <laughs> if you take one thing away from this show, that's hopefully what you got today. You know what? Like my mom always said, there's more creative ways of punishing your children. Yeah. Like, come on. Oh, it's it's so much more be fun, Be a little too. more imaginative. Yeah. So. All right. Well, with that lesson on not beating your kids, <laughs> I think that's going to do it for this episode. All right. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you, Janelle, for uh, co-hosting on the couch here with me. Always. Um, If you guys would like to write us and uh, tell us your top five breakfast cereals, um, we would love to hear from you. That is mandarinorangeshow at gmail.com, or you can write us on our Facebook contact. Or Instagram message. Instagram message is fine. Um, Also, uh, make sure you join us next week for our special guest mr james riley author and uh all that stuff and if you do want to um submit for the contest like i said just write us in tell us your top five and we'll uh we'll be giving those out still we got we got an extension here so you're good all right all right anything else janelle 
Janelle out. Make sure you follow Janelle's My Vacation Pants Instagram. She's less than 500 away from her 10,000 swipe up link. I'll tell you how many more I need. How many more do you need? Just the number of people that listen to this show. All right. Um, That might put us up there. 9,549. So how many do you still need? Um, I need 451 more okay. people. And uh, let's see. If we had 451 people listening and they all followed you, they would put you up there. Yeah. Do you think we have 450 people? I don't, I don't think know. so. Prove us. Prove I don't know, let's us find out. We have 450 people. Ryan Johnson. That's the director who directed Knives Out in the Star Wars oh, movies. Good. Or uh, the one. What's it called? I can't remember. The middle of the three. All right. That's going to do it, you guys. Thank you so much for listening. Have a fantastic week, and we'll see you guys next time. So for the Mandarin Orange Show, I'm Phil. And I'm Jerdell. And we talk so you don't have to.